Caution. No, this is not the no-spin zone. And this is not water's world. This is our Father's world. So today we're going to talk about a caution to watch out for a trap door. But before I do that, I am going to invite you... Step back a little bit more. I'm going to invite you to pray with your eyes wide open with me as you stare at this image. You need to stare at that for at least 20 to 30 seconds without blinking your eyes. And then there will be a black screen and hopefully you will see something. But if you just can't quite wait that long, move over to one of the dark places of the walls here to see what you see. But as you're staring, keep staring, eyes wide open at that. Let me prepare my heart. Silent, surrendered, calm, and still. Lord Jesus, fill my mind and heart with your words, with your desires. And may your good spirit deliver them today. Help me stay out of the way. Keep staring and now go. What do you see? Who do you see? Say it louder. Jesus. Is that the image of Christ. The image of Christ. Isn't that what we are about? Isn't that what we want to be? The image of Christ. We want that for our lives and, and to shine that in this community, right? Well, let me tell you a little story. A friend of mine was in the spiritual direction program with me, Steve, and he ended up sharing some stories, and one ended up in Conversations magazine. And he said, quote, I was captivated by the life-giving understanding that God's intention was that the lives of Jesus' followers to be deeply transformed into the likeness of Jesus himself. God's intention was for us to become like Christ, He was a seminary graduate. I'll pause. Think about that. But regardless, he started devoting his life, and he still does today, in learning all about spiritual transformation, in putting himself under people whose lives evidence this deep, deep transformation. And he entered into spiritual disciplines to practice those. So, of course, as he's the pastor of his church, he is sharing all these topics about spiritual formation. And the congregation was excited. They wanted more. They couldn't wait to learn more. They were energized until that one terrible, horrible, no good, very bad Sunday morning when he actually invited them in to spiritual discipline practices as their part in the spiritual formation process. And visibly, he could see almost immediately the joy gone. Their faces literally fell. It was visible how discouraged they already were. It was a visible discouragement. And the energy of the room dropped flat. You could almost hear their souls whisper, Oh! Not more to do. I can't handle life and all my ministries as it is. What happened? Another story. I'm going to call her a girl named Sue. 
but it could be a boy named Bob. It could be you. It could be me. Let's just see. Her faith was sincere. She had mastered most of the Bible. She taught Bible study fellowship for years. She rarely missed a Sunday service. Always was there with her prayer group and her prayer partner. Always served with her small group out into the community as well as at her church. She tried hard to believe and do the right things. But then, life, a question, and a certain scripture converged. And all of a sudden, things broke for her. And she realized, my faith is more about conformity to behavior, right behavior, right believing, certain good and right standards. But she was longing for something different. She was longing for an encounter with God. She was longing for that experience of his transforming love to meet her and to change her from the inside out. But she didn't know how. She'd done all that her church had told her to do. What's happening? These people of God had fallen through what we're going to call the trap door of transformation. Everybody longs to have that kind of God experience, that personal transforming love of God to become like Christ. But how really does this happen? Well, let's look at God's part in it first. Why don't you read this with me? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For God knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So, if God can do all that and cause all that, and he's loving us, well then, if he's called us and he's chosen us, well, we should be able to even passively at least trust him and his love and his wisdom in the transforming process. That sounds about right, doesn't it? And we can participate maybe actively, like Steve was suggesting, in actively putting our place into the spiritual disciplines. As we actively respond to God, he's loving, he's wise. But here's a question. Do you really believe you can trust him? Do you really think he loves you no matter what? Some people have never had unconditional love, and it's difficult for them. But notice, he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Ooh, this isn't just individual then either. This is the faith family. And that's what's so cool about Grace Community Church. You get the intergenerational part. You get that we reflect the triune God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, yes, we're all individuals, but he's one God and we're one body of Christ. So even in God's work, he's working with individuals and whole faith families, the whole people of God at the same time. But boy, if we start doing this and don't understand his love for us, 
There might be a problem. But let's take a look. Oh, Paul says, my dear children, I'm going through the labor pains for you again. And they'll continue until Christ is formed in you. So we have to pay attention and help other brothers and sisters grow in Christ too, right? Yeah. Well, a life of following Jesus is not defined by what we do or what we don't do. Rather, it's an adventure. It's an adventurous living, becoming free to say yes to God and no to sin. Well, that kind of sounds like belief and behavior still, Deb. Oh, but it's much more than that. I can actually, I want to be able to, always be able to discern his voice, see his presence out there, seeing what he's doing, and listen if he's calling me to join him there. Then I can say yes to that and maybe let go of a few other good things that seem good because he's calling me there. It's not just yes to God and no to sin. Sometimes that looks pretty black and white. should be easy to do. Our enemy is tricky, though. First service didn't get this. You can't fool a mature saint. If it's wrong in scripture, it's wrong, right? So he gets a little sneakier. He starts kind of going, yeah, this can be okay to do. But if we're not discerning, it's actually taking us further away from God rather than towards God. How do we live a life being able to discern that? You know what? Jesus has actually showed us the way. And I did this verse in the Passion Bible translation, so some of you may have read it and may have not. I am like a sprouting vine. Jesus, the living vine, is saying this. I am like a sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches. That's all you. Connected to me by lifting up and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So enter into life union with me, for I have entered into life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless. Unless you live your life intimately joined to mine, I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. There it is. Spiritual formation is about abiding, dwelling with Christ and it's linked to spiritual disciplines in everything you read, what you see in the life of Jesus, in the life of others, like Daniel, that we learned about last week. We've heard about abiding. How do we stay in abiding? And is there any dangers? Yes. Caution. Even in the abiding vineyard, there are dangers. I'm going to call it a misplaced focus in the formational process. Remember I said anybody that studies spiritual formation, all the definitions, they always seem to link to spirit, the spiritual formation to spiritual disciplines. We all want our lives progressively changed into that image of Christ, right? That's natural. God wants it. He intends it. 
So it's natural for us then to look at our behavior, to look at our character, to look at our spouse's character, or better yet, our children's character. And when we do this, where is the focus? Where is the focus? I'm going to call it a hocus focus. Because if the goal is become, if the goal, I'm going to become like Christ, fully devoted follower of Christ. Every youth minister that I had at a retreat center, I said, how many of you have the goal to become like Christ, to live as devoted followers of Christ? They all had their, their way of saying this. And they all stand up and cheered and all this stuff. I said, yes. Where is the focus then? It's on us. What I do, what I don't do, what's my attitude? And all of a sudden, when we start focusing on that, it becomes or can become a gospel of behavior. And when we focus on ourselves, we start grading ourselves, evaluating ourselves, comparing ourselves. That leads to criticalness, judgment, and all the yuck that comes with that. It feels heavy. And two things can happen. We can either get a sense of spiritual pride. My church is better than your church and grace. We grace a lot of people. You don't seem to grace too many people. I'm sure you guys have never said that. But we can get a little bit of spiritual pride by comparing. We can get really concerned about our kids because we're looking at for certain things that maybe aren't showing up and God might be doing a whole different thing with your child because you've got your expectation here. But when we focus here, this is what happens then. We start trying harder with the spiritual disciplines. Okay, I'm going to get more regular. I'm going to be more in tune with what I'm doing. I'm going, to, I'm going to do it regularly. I'm going to do it more intensified. And I'm going to get really frustrated. There's a book by Nathan Foster, the son of Richard Foster, who wrote the 12 Disciplines. And it says, A life of an ordinary saint, my journey from frustration to joy using spiritual disciplines. I wonder if he may have been struggling with a little of this too. So we get more regular. We intensify intensify our, our efforts. We get frustrated. So we try harder. And then we start questioning, well, maybe I'm not doing it right. So we try a little harder. And then it's like, well, maybe this spiritual discipline just... Maybe there's something wrong with the disciplines. In fact, maybe they're new age or something. Maybe we shouldn't even be be delving into this stuff because I don't think they work. Or you can just give up. This isn't for me. I've tried it. It doesn't work. And you can become very deeply discouraged. The problem, people of God, is not the spiritual disciplines or even the practice of them. It's the misplaced focus. Steve Summerall called it the trap door. I like that. There is a trap door in transformation. You know what trap doors are, don't you? Boom. Um, there's a story out that some guy, I forget if it was Vegas, some magician, you know how they always have these people up there on the stage and something goes in front of them and then all of a sudden you, they open it up and they're nowhere to be found like in an instant and then they're looking and looking and all of a sudden they, they arrive in the back just smiling and waving as if they're not out of breath 
And what happens is there's a trap door that they boom, go down in, and then they have to run really fast through this very dark, small tunnel in order to get to the back and act like they haven't ran a mile at all and just kind of wave. Well, one guy, when they went through the trap door, actually twisted his ankle and tripped over something, and they wouldn't even let him stop because everyone had to be in the back. So they just kept pushing him forward so that he could be in the back with them, and it really hurt his ankle and deformed it, and so he's suing. Well, you know what? Trap doors and transformation can hurt us, and it can deform our souls too, and we can become toxic to other Christians and other people, and we're not even aware of it. Thomas Merton, I think, has a a really good um, piece when he says, We become saints not by violently overcoming our own weakness, but by letting the Lord give us the strength and purity of his spirit in exchange for our weakness and misery. Let us not then complicate our lives and frustrate ourselves by fixing too much attention on ourselves, thereby forgetting the power of God and grieving the Holy Spirit. Jesus really does show us how to do this in John 15. So in John 15, we read, Live your life intimately joined to mine. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from you. So, Lord, There is a missing piece in this focus. And so when I think about this, if you said, if I live in union with you, fruitfulness, then it's possible. What God really intended is truly possible. But what am I missing? And when I made this slide, I thought, hmm, this kind of looks, it kind of looks like an owl. Do you think? Yeah. Two eyes and a nose, what do you think? Look like an owl? Wise old owl? So there has to be something that we are missing. So what is the missing link in this formation? Based on what Jesus said, it's intimacy with God. Deepening our friendship with God. Encountering God in order to hear his voice and learn more about him. Opening ourselves up to him freely no shame whatever's there he's changing anyway he already knows he loves you so if our focus becomes our experiencing God our encountering him our hearing his voice so that we can we can respond to that voice obediently and to go out and be on mission with him the focus is changed. Our desire is changed. And here's what happens. When you have a focus on something or something's really important. Guys of you, some of you have gotten new trucks or new cars at one time in your life. And you were so excited at this model and maybe this special color because you thought it was kind of unique. And then all of a sudden you get in it. You're really aware of it. And all of a sudden, you notice a whole bunch of other people are driving the same vehicle with the same color. You never noticed that before. When I, women, you can relate to this maybe, when I was first pregnant with my first child, I thought I was the only person in the world that had ever gotten pregnant. Yeah. 
I walked around and all of a sudden, every place I looked, somebody was pregnant. So nothing has really changed except for my awareness. And when we're focused then, whatever we're focused on, we become aware of. And when you increase your God awareness, all of a sudden, you not only see God everywhere and in everyone and in every situation, you're starting to long to have a deeper relationship with that God. And you're seeing stuff that you've never seen before. You're discerning like you've never discerned what he's calling you to do or not do. Yes, it is possible. So if we focus, if this becomes our focus, union with God, now where is our focus, people of God? Where is it? Yes, it's on God. And the byproduct, the outcome, the result of that is becoming like Christ, having the fruit of the Spirit, having our character changed into the likeness of Jesus Christ himself. God does the transforming. Now that's a gospel of grace versus the gospel of behavior. So spiritual disciplines is where it helps us do this. It slows us down enough in life. It gives us some boundaries. And these boundaries at first might be hard, but all of a sudden you'll find that they actually bring freedom. Freedom to say yes to the really important things, what God really is asking you to do, and no to even some of those good things that just keep you busy and active and doing a lot of good things, but not necessarily joining God in what he's doing or longing to do in you or in this wonderful church. No matter how we try, we can compare this. We cannot produce our own spiritual growth. It is a gift from God. So let's just kind of recompare now just to make sure we've got this. We can use the spiritual disciplines and focus on our behavior and everything else and fall through that trap door. It's a misplaced focus, a hocus focus. Or we can place our focus on God and long to deepen our relationship with him, our experience of him, our desire for him. And the result of that is we will become like Christ. So the spiritual disciplines are not really theoretical. Every spiritual director, every pastor, every church leader can bear testimony to a very life-draining impact when we fix our attention on ourselves while we are attempting to pursue spiritual formation and growth. It's how we typically deform our lives by getting caught by the trap door. But I can also tell you, it doesn't mean we never give attention to character formation of our children. We provide the atmosphere, the patterns in life. We show them what it looks like. We pray for them until one day they too, you know, can hear and discern God's voice. They too can encounter God. In fact, they're probably more likely to teach you in the family because they're open. But I have also seen the opposite, that when we actually focus on our union with God, our love of God, this is where our holy habits come, and this is where I see the life of Christ lived out for the sake of each other here, 
for the sake of others and for the sake of our world. It can happen, and it can bring us freedom, freedom to be who we truly are in Christ, who God originally created us to be. We don't have to have the control. We don't have to have the significance. We don't have to have the security and the safety. We are free to trust and go with God, abiding with him every moment. Just keep the spiritual disciplines in their place. Duane and I will be offering you different tastes and sees of these spiritual disciplines. Just taste it. It doesn't have to be something that you do all the time, but it might be something that God will invite you to. One discipline I want to tell you as I, as I wrap up here before I pray is spiritual disciplines, is spiritual direction. It is one discipline that evangelicals are starting to reclaim again because there was so much misunderstanding. Even in the term spiritual direction, there is no direction given to you. It's rather a spiritual accompaniment, more focused on your experience of God, how he is leading you in this season of your life, how he is speaking to you in this season of life. It really is, we'll use things that are happening in your life, but the focus will be, how is God speaking? How is he helping you to learn to discern? So if you are interested in learning anything about it, we have a pamphlet as well as a sheet of paper. What is spiritual direction? This tells you how you can experience. I'm here all summer. I have... Um, agreed and committed to being here every Monday and opening an office. Brian is, is allowing me to use his office. So if you would like to test the waters as a couple or as an individual, all you have to do is call and make an appointment. But let's end with this scripture. Romans 12:2, from the message. I just love this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, people of God. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That's how you do, even in the spiritual disciplines. You place your life before God. You show up. He does the work. Embracing what God does for you, is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Can you say that with me? Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly responding to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops a well-formed maturity in you. Focus. Focus on God. That's where the attention. Use those disciplines to give him the, the time and the space to show up and do the deeper work. It will surprise you how it shows up in your life. All of a sudden, people or things that just really frost your cookies... You were really nice, but she knew what was going on inside, right? All of a sudden, it doesn't frost your cookies anymore. You might actually have some grace and mercy, and you might wonder what has happened in their lives for this to show up. 
And you will move in life differently. And you will be surprised. Ah! Evidence of the transforming love of God and the transformation of your character into Christ-likeness. It shows up in life. When you're in the disciplines, you just show up. God's doing something. You'll figure it out along the way with others. Let us, let us pray. Dear Lord, this sacred intimacy bears incredible fruit, which ultimately leads to loving you, ourselves and others with great joy. Nothing about this is easy, especially for those who have not experienced your unconditional love. It feels risky. But you offer us invitations into humility, dependence, trust, and patience in our encounters with you. And the relational change these bring is transformational without all the trappings of the trap door. For those who long to have this kind of loving relationship with you, God says, come. Our prayer teams will be at the side at the end of the service, and they too will pray with you. What is your next step? But today is the day. What is God calling you to be 